The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, joining me on today's show is former Vikings wide receiver Matthew Hatchett. He played for the Vikings from 1997 to 2000. So he's got lots of info on some of the best teams in Vikings history. So, you know, let's just get right into it. Here is my conversation with former Vikings wide receiver Matthew Hatchett. Okay, joining me today is former Vikings wide receiver Matthew Hatchett. And uh, there's actually some news that came out today regarding the Vikings um, and that is the report that they will be hiring Keenan McCardle to be their new wide receivers coach. Now, I know your season with the Jaguars came after McCardle left the team, uh, but he was in the league at the same time as you. So I was wondering if you maybe had, you know, some some insight and to maybe help Vikings fan fans understand what the team might be getting with uh, McCardle as their new receivers coach. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Appreciate. It. Um, but yeah, like I said, I've known Keenan for a while. I got to, uh, of course, play with his buddy Jimmy Smith in Jacksonville mm-hmm. after Keenan had left. But I watched Keenan, you know, at the beginning of my career. He was one of those guys, to me, an unsung hero. You know, it was solid, always did his job, wasn't flashy. Um, but again, got in his uh, a nice career, played well in big games. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for him, he wasn't like the Hall of Fame numbers, but he was a really solid receiver and did everything right. So um, I think for the most part the vikings i think they know what they got in a receivers coach because uh, again he coached digs in yep. college yep. and of course you know him getting some giving the receivers right now uh he's speaking on experience he's been there he knows it and he kind of can still speak to the younger guys as well he's still got that swag mm-hmm. about him that he still you know can can talk to a 23 24 year old um so i think viking fans have nothing to worry about he'll get jet to the next level for sure he'll yeah. be a a four to six, you know, time pro bowler in my, in my eyes over the next 10 years, which is great. And uh, I think he'll be perfect for that Viking staff. Good. All right. So let's get into the the good stuff. So you get into training camp in 1998 and it's, mm-hmm. it's the first day of practice. You're excited. It's your second year with the team. You're obviously hoping to get a, a bigger role with the offense, but um, how long did it take before you realized that this, this Randy Moss kid was going to take all of your targets during the season? <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's funny at that time I was blind to the fact <laughs> that he was going to take all my targets. 
in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to beat him out. You know, like mm -hmm. I've, I'm prepared. He's a rookie. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I didn't really know the business side of the NFL. You get drafted, you kind of, you're going to play early. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it, it was, uh, I'm a competitor regardless. So it didn't matter who they were going to, they could have brought in a seventh rounder or a first rounder. I'm going to be prepared to do what I have to do. And that's all I can worry about. Like, yeah, he got the targets and he was, you know, became Randy Moss, which is great for him. Like I said, one of my best friends to this day. And uh, it just didn't work out for me in that sense. But I think looking back, you know, I enjoyed the journey of the competition, even yeah. though Moss might not have looked at it as me being a competition to him. Mm -hmm. But um, in that room, in that receiver room uh, with Chris Carter, Jake Reed, Randy, uh, Tony Bland, Chris Walsh, it's like it was all about always about competition anyway. Like that's all that mattered. Like, you know, the, the players are going to be the plays. The wins are going to be the wins. The targets are going to be the targets. And I just knew I had to go out and win every rep. That's all I was worried about. And I was going to let everything else take care of itself. And again, if I was just telling somebody else this the other day. If I could fast forward my career to 2020, I probably would have been a huge star because nowadays you only have to have one good game and you're a superstar, right? Mm -hmm. You're, oh, he's a Hall of Famer. And one he's, good play. Yeah, right. He's one play, right? I got tons of plays where there was a, a, a DB on me mm -hmm. and I shook him on the release and I was wide open. Now, today, that would have been all over Twitter, even Instagram, though they didn't throw the yeah. ball. It would have been all over. But like back then, like it's irrelevant because, yeah, I won the rep, but nobody, they didn't throw me the ball so nobody sees the rest of it. But yeah. today I would have been a superstar because I just won the, the the release, even though I didn't throw me the ball. But, you know, I said I, I it was all about the journey for me. And like I said, I know I was prepared at any time to to play well. And, and when my number was called, I did play well. Yeah. So so Moss, he had a great rookie season. And, and speaking of great rookie seasons, Justin Jefferson is, is coming up yeah. a great rookie season himself with the Vikings when he actually – he actually broke Moss's franchise records for, for catches and yards in a season by a rookie. Um, he did a lot of great things this past season, but what maybe impressed you the most about uh, what Jefferson was able to do in his first year with the team? I think it's more mental. I think when you have somebody that successful that early and they handle it that well, that's the most impressive thing. Again, it's not easy to do. It's just, you know, yeah, he was at a big-time college program at LSU. Mm -hmm. That's it course playing the nfl a lot of people can get lost in that limelight but at the same time he went weeks one through 16 and he was always trending up toward the next week you didn't see the lull you didn't see the i figured this thing out type of attitude and i think that's the biggest thing that he has going for him the mental part of course his dad being who he was i think he's yeah. prepared him for the moment and i think that's a world of difference of some of these kids coming into this limelight and not being able to handle the successes because as, as we both know, it's easier to handle failure than it is success. Yeah. Right? And you failure, you you get knocked down, you get up. That's that's your number. One, that's your number one reaction. When you have success, a lot of people don't know how to handle that, especially massive success. But he's handled it the right way, and I think physically, he, of course, he's only going to get better. But mentally, I think he's right where he needs to be. Yeah. So he's praised um, a lot already, despite being so young for, for being a great route runner. And and the majority of the top receivers in the NFL today are also great route runners. But at the same time, a lot of these guys were mid to late round draft picks or they were the third or fourth receiver drafted. Um, why do you think a receiver's route running abilities are, are just so overlooked? Um, I think because the really it has to do with systems. I think, again, a lot of the, the Patriots, of course, you had to be a certain 
body type, in my opinion, to work that Wes Welker and Danny Amendola slot in, yep. in Edelman. You you weren't going to be Julio Jones and be on the inside. Right. So I, you know, again, a lot of it has to do with system. A lot of it has to do with the coaching and letting you be creative. Uh, Devonte Adams, I'm sure when he was in his first three years. You didn't see that creativity from his route running yeah. because he wasn't allowed to run his routes that way. <laughs> you have Aaron Rodgers back there. It's like you have to get to the spot. Mm-hmm. But once the, the the years go on, A-Rod starts believing he's going to get to the spot. So, coach, let him do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And so with that creativity, with his releases and route running, he becomes a better a better route runner. But it has to do with a lot with the system that you're in the quarterback, veteran or not, and then the coaching that you're getting. So, again, everybody can go out and run a curl, but when's the last time you've seen a curl being ran in the NFL? Like, it's, you know, they're doing all, they're doing a bunch of other routes. It's like you don't just go out and run a curl and have eight catches. You know, there's a whole bunch more routes than a curl. So, route running is only to what the system says it is. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. All right, let's talk about Kirk Cousins. Uh, no one ever talked about him. So, uh <laughs> He's the he's the current Vikings starting quarterback, obviously, and he's coming off season where he threw for thirty five touchdowns and, and over four thousand yards. And despite this, you know, there's still plenty of people that that really just dislike everything about him, and including some Vikings fans. You know, why do you think this is? Oh, because expectations are so high. It's, yeah. we have to go to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is easy, right? Mm-hmm. We have to go to the Super Bowl. We have to win it. Period. Like, <laughs> And when that doesn't happen, oh, they're horrible. They don't deserve this. And they, I mean, you can't have both. Uh, You have to be in the ship the whole time, whether it's going to sink or whether you're going to sail. And people just have to realize, again, of course, speaking from experience, you can have all the best players on the team. Mm -hmm. That Super Bowl is special. Playoff wins are special. Playoff runs are special. And until... Everyone in that locker room is on the same page. You can have your all-stars. You can have your Hall of Famers. All that stuff is irrelevant when it comes down to that last quarter, fourth quarter of a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Like you, you guys are either together or you're not together. And again, you can talk to the last like 20 Super Bowl winners, and I guarantee most of those players, they say our locker room was good. Our team was tight. We were all friends. We were all hung out with mm-hmm. each other. That becomes more important than whatever the heck you call on third and four. Like the the Chiefs just, when you see them on a fourth down call, you have this comfortability with them making fourth and six, fourth and two. It has nothing to do with what the play is called. The play is, I could call the play. Mm -hmm. They're going to go out and execute it because they have confidence in each other, because they have camaraderie, because they've been there, because they know each other. And that's to me what it's more about that than it has to do with a physical call or one physical attributes as a player. Yeah, you look at a team like the Eagles in 2017 when they won Super Bowl with with Nick Foles and and they had a bunch of injuries, and they were still able to just because their their locker room and team were so close, they were able to just pull together and win the Super Bowl in Minnesota. Um, so, and I want to get your opinion on this. So, so week fourteen of this last season, the Vikings they lose to to Brady and the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost by twelve points, um, but their kicker Dan Bailey missed all four of his kicks. He missed an extra point and, and three field goals. You know, yeah. as a player, when you're on offense, you know how deflating is it in a game? like this when pretty much the whole team just has zero confidence in, in a kicker making a kick? Um, I, it's not deflating because 
that's like saying if you go out in the first quarter and you drop three balls, like yeah. is the defense deflated? No, they're going to go do their job. Like you're so tuned in to your own specific job. And the funny thing is about extra points, a lot of time the offense doesn't even know when they miss the extra points. Right. Just coming off from a touchdown, you're doing the whole good job, good mm-hmm. job thing. And you really you're just sitting down and the coaches are going over the adjustment for next time. And you're pretty much at kickoff already. You know, so you kind of most of the time you don't even know that you missed the extra point. If it's at the end of the game, of course, yeah, that's different. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, like you said, it's they're on the team. They make a mistake. You make mistakes. Just nobody's seen your mistakes. And, you know, anybody in that locker room is telling any kicker that miss, like, you know, it's cool. Don't we, we got you because it's your job to go out and, you know, get them to, to do your job next time. Mm-hmm. Um, as an offensive player, I'm like, we shouldn't have him kicking 50 yard field goals. We should yeah. be scoring touchdowns. Yeah. So it's a, you know, a 35 yard extra points. That's how I would feel. But nobody in that locker room is pointing a finger at a kicker for sure. Well, that's good. I think, yeah, I think maybe that narrative is maybe. That's a media thing. Yeah. Yeah. Blown out of proportion, maybe a little bit. Um, so it's, I mean, like, it's different when they're missing, missing game winners and there's. Yeah. Yeah. On the clock. Yeah. I get that. It's a Blair Walsh. You know. Right. I mean, the Gary Anderson thing, yeah. right? Oh, oh, he missed the kick. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. <laughs> but there, there's not one time where one player's like, if he would have yeah. did this. No, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Because if you would have did your job, we uh-huh. wouldn't have been in that scenario. Yep, period. For sure. So it's the off season now and draft talk is really, uh, you know, getting in full effect. Now yeah. you were drafted in the, in the seventh round yeah. back in 1997 out of Langston University. Now this is a school located in a very small Oklahoma very town small. with population, <laughs> I think less than 2000. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've heard all about the journey of Adam Thielen, how he took yeah. to get noticed and eventually then with the Vikings. But how in the world did Minnesota discover Matthew Hatchett out at oh, Langston yeah. university? By, by the grace of God. Uh, again, it was the journey, like you said, was long. Um, mm-hmm. The funny thing is coming out, uh, we didn't have pro day at Langston, you right, know, everybody, right. Oklahoma state and OU and USC, Miami, right. They all have pro day. Mm-hmm. So what they would do when they were to come down to their pro days and, or work out certain players at OU or Oklahoma state, they would then say, we'll come work you out. So I had about, uh, I think I had like 16 or 17 separate workouts in the matter of a month. Wow. So I was working out like back to back to back, you know, like they would call, um, it's Tuesday. I just worked out like at four o'clock. It's Tuesday night at nine o'clock. Like, Hey, we're going to be at OSU tomorrow. We can come get you at 11. Will you be ready? Like, yep, I'll yeah. be ready. You know? So I, I could care less about resting and, you know, it's gotta be and like, I oh, know I got to go perform tomorrow. And, uh, like I said, but my worst 40 time, I think I ran was a four, five, six, I think. Ooh. And I think, and I ran that for the Vikings. So my oh, wow. back, a couple four, three, I ran a four, three, nine, I think for Atlanta and maybe Baltimore, maybe. Um, but I heard my worst time for the Vikings. I was like, maybe they're not going to be the ones that draft me. But of course, you know, Chip Myers, uh, rest in peace, uh, a great wide receiver coach for the Vikings, um, who passed away you know, a while back, but he saw something in me that nobody else seen in me. And they're the ones that drafted me. And like I said, I give, uh, thanks to God every single moment I can remember this. Cause Again, I, I don't know what it was. I, to me personally, I think I even dropped a bunch of footballs that day while we were running routes. I was like, it wasn't my best workout. Mm-hmm. So how did that happen? Like I said, told, you know, we'll, we'll never know. But uh, he saw something in me. And uh, when I got there, I'm just like, yeah, you, you made the right choice. And, and I'm, you, know, you won't regret your, your pick. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's way different 
these days where you can just go on YouTube or, or on Instagram or whatever and look at all these guys' highlights from, from small schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, back then you had to work. I feel like the scouts had to work way harder to go. Way to, harder. You had to, to, had to travel so much more. Yeah. Like you get, get in a video. You can't go on YouTube and look at somebody. So, again, they ha- I remember calling. Um, the, the scouting combine offices are in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. Right? So we're about an hour outside of Tulsa. And I remember calling like every day, like I didn't get my combine invite. I didn't get my combine invite. And like probably, you know, they were knowing my voice after like 30 days. <laughs> and I remember the lady saying, well, if you haven't got one by now, you're probably not getting one. And I was like, okay, let's go work out. You know, I didn't know anything else except just go put in the work. Like you'll create your own luck yep. in this world. So I, you know, probably went out and worked, got some workouts in. And, you know, like I said, by the end of it all, I was ready to perform when I got to minicamp. Like I was never considered a speedster my whole life. I worked mm-hmm. on my feet so much for like those five years in college. And when I got to the Vikings, I remember one of the first write-ups is, um, you know, Vikings get some speedster out of Langston University. I'm like, I'm fast? You know, I'm like, oh, okay. So I like, I started running, you know, I'm, I'm running by, running 100 mile an hour every time I got mm-hmm. on the field. And um, I said, speed kills. So I guess that's why they kept me. Cool. All right, we'll close it out with an easy question. Uh, who do you have winning the Super Bowl next weekend? You got the, oh, the Bucks man. or the Chiefs? You know what? I never can call Super Bowl winners. I call championship games. Okay. Like I said, I, I said Brady, and I said uh, I said Brady by probably as soon as he went to Tampa. I'm like, they're going to go to the NFC Championship. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll be good enough in the end of the season. Yeah. Week one, when they played the Saints, I knew the Saints were going to blow them out because yeah. the Saints team has been together for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like They weren't ready for that bet. And then by like week four, week five, I'm like, if A-Rod is healthy, the Packers are going to the championship. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just what it looked like. And then I knew the Chiefs were going. And, um, and I always was between the Ravens and the Bills for the mm-hmm. other. Um, so I was like, I called that. But who's going to win this one? That's tough. But I will never bet against Tom Brady. I oh, wow. I will never bet against Tom. That's like betting against Jordan. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's tough because the Chiefs were so good. And then, you know, you look at – the Bucks defense is actually is really yeah. good, yeah. Um, and again, because it's going to come down to uh, to me like controlling the ball, yeah. and nobody does that turnovers and stuff. Like I said, they're probably used to getting fourteen to fifteen possession. If the Patriots can, I'm the Patriots. <laughs> if the Buccaneers can limit like two of those possessions and make them get like ten or eleven possessions, yep. Uh, now they're in the 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 game they want to be in, and if you get that ball with six minutes left. And Tom Brady is down by six or down by three. Yeah. You think getting that ball back, <laughs> you know, it's like, so that's what you have to take in consideration. The fourth quarter would not be played like the rest of the three quarters. No. Um, Tom knows that he's, he's won many Super Bowls in the fourth quarter. He knows exactly what to do. Yeah. Look at that, that Falcons Super Bowl. He, there you go. <laughs> they didn't give up hope at all. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for today. Big thanks to you, Matthew, for, for joining the show. Go listen to his podcast with Terrell Owens, the get your popcorn ready with T.O. and Hatch yes, podcast. Lots of good guests been on that show. Some guy named Randy Moss. He had a two part yeah. episode. Yep. That's when he. That's when he created the uh, the Jerry Rice controversy of uh, yeah, you know, not that. even being the second best wide receiver. <laughs> um, and and he, a lot of people don't put him. I mean, like I said, it's to each his own. It's a it's a lot of different categories. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, any any notable guests coming up on on the podcast? Um, uh, we have um, and, uh, let me see, Demarcus Ware okay. coming. Uh, Sante Samuel be on 
week. So yeah, we're uh, like I said, get your popcorn ready podcast. Go check us out. It's just light and fun. We like to have fun and let you yeah. guys debate it later on. But I said it's a great uh, time for just me and T to kind of just chop it up with some people and have fun doing. Yeah, it's a good show. I've I've checked it out a bunch of times. Um, so go subscribe to that. Subscribe to this show on the uh, Apple Podcast app, Spotify, and get your podcast. Make sure to follow the Viking News on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, but until next time, we will talk to you later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.